We all start on the outside, the outside looking in. This is where grace begins. We were hungry, we were thirsty, with nothing left to give. Oh, the shape that we were in. Just when all hope seemed lost, love opened the door for us. He said. and sit down at the table. We are here. We are live. This is episode number 29. We're almost at an even number 30 already. Wow. Absolutely wonderful. Sit down and be set free. 
I absolutely love doing this show. And it's become my new favorite show on the network. I'm, I, I, Eli will attest to this. My, uh, my old favorite show um, was Mike Crispy on Afraid. Uh, but now my new favorite show is Rise Up. And I think obviously you can understand why, right? I mean, we have an opportunity here on this spiritual battlefield to be uh, not only you know, closer to God, but be you know, soldiers for God, to have that armor of God on Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, to have that armor of God, to be able to go out there and fight that good fight, but not for culture, but for spiritual reasons, for our children, for our children's children, for salvation, for the torture that Jesus took upon himself for all of us. Folks, sit down, come to the table, all you sinners, and be set free. Jesus did not come here to go preach to the godly. Yes, he came here to preach to all who would listen, but a lot of people didn't listen, and a lot of people didn't, um, weren't traveling. I mean, there was still, everybody's a sinner, right? But there was not a lot of, there, was, there were people out there that, uh, that needed Jesus at that time more than other people. And Jesus even said it himself, you know, a doctor doesn't go and cure the healthy. A doctor comes to cure the sick. So if you feel like you are one of those people who are spiritually sick, maybe you have spiritual COVID, I don't know, but come and sit down at the table and you'll be set free. Great song, Come to the Table, obviously the name of the song, by Sidewalk Prophets, wonderful Christian band. And so far, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've been able to do a different song every single day. And I, uh, I remember... When we first started this show, somebody said, I didn't even know there was this many Christian songs. Oh, there are. There are. And if we ever run out of Christian songs, which I don't think we can, then we'll get into Christian hymns. How about that? And we'll go back old school. We'll go back to the old church and we'll do hymns right here on Rise Up. Long story short, there's always going to be a song that we can sing and worship and praise God and give our thanksgiving to God every single day. So we don't ever have to be worried about running short on that stuff. So welcome to Rise Up again, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 29. Uh, As always, I will ask you to please do your part. Share, share, share. And while you're doing that, and by the way, also rumbling, uh, rumbling the video, being engaged in the video is just as important as anything else. Every time you comment in the comments uh, section, the algorithms on, on Rumble say, whoa, 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 we've got some engagement. And they, and they tend to, to gravitate towards that and they pull people towards that. So again, folks, engagement is key, not the number of how many times people follow or view your show. It's engagement. So speaking of that, thank you for the $10 from a Grammy love. God bless you. Uh, that's She understands how important it is to fund a show like this. Let's go to the Rumble chat right now, folks. Let's go to the Rumble chat as we've got uh, Hair2, Cindy in the building. How are you? Jess D. Kong. Cindy Lou Who is here. How are you, Cindy Lou Who? Daisy Duke, it's taken me a long time to watch LFA from Rumble instead of Telegram so I can post. Well, thank you. And again, you can just click over on from Telegram right here and you come here. So it's great to see you guys chatting in here. We've got Raphael in the building. Heart MJ, how are you? Thanks for being here. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's happy birthday, baby June. We've got a birthday. All right. Let's sing happy birthday, I guess, right? 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear. Wait, no, that's Joe Biden. Happy birthday, dear June. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) Uh, Lisa, Jeremy, no hat. You know, no hat today. I decided not to not to wear a hat this morning. I just wanted to be kind of free and open, pop on my rumble shirt and just get on and, and, and go to town. As a matter of fact, I forgot to put my hat on. I'm not going to lie. It's sitting over there, but it's nice to not have, you know, to not have to, uh, dress up for you guys to do the show. You know what I mean? Uh, all right, let's get to the morning prayer if we can do that. And, uh, and then we'll get right into the show. And, uh, So trolls commenting raise engagement. Yes, they do. If trolls comment, then they raise engagement. Yes, they do. Thank you, trolls. Or as we call them here on Rise Up, lost souls, right? All right, here we go. Lord and Heavenly Father, in in this world that we live in, it becomes so redundant to say the same thing over and over again. As a matter of fact, my daughter, Shaylin, says thank you about a thousand times for the same thing. And at some point, it does start to get it. You've already thanked me, Shaylin. But you, Lord, we get to thank you abundantly, meaning over and over and over again. You never get tired of hearing it. We never get tired of saying it. We are so thankful, Lord. We are so thankful for how much you love us when we don't deserve the love. We know that every laceration that Jesus got when he was tortured, we deserve for what we are and what we've become on this planet and as a creation of God. And we are so incredibly sorry, but we are so incredibly blessed that you gave up everything so that we could have anything. Nobody understands that they need Jesus until all they have is Jesus. And Lord, that is what we're asking you to do today. We're asking you, Lord, to touch the hearts of everybody who comes across this page today. Maybe there are people who are, who are being driven here, being guided here uh, by you, and they don't even know it, Lord. If those, if those people come in and watch this show, they know who they are. Lord, touch their hearts. Send the Holy Spirit their way. Lord, let them experience just one ounce of what we get to experience here every day, all day. It is truly, truly a blessing to have peace and joy. And those are things that we can only get through you. So for that, Lord, we are thankful. We know that you gave up everything so we could have anything, and we will be talking about that today. You literally let us be winners of the largest lottery that we've ever seen. And for that, we thank you, we praise you, and we worship your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, what? Is it June or is it Jane? Is it June or Jane? Is it happy birthday, Jane? I see somebody's now saying Jane. Is it Jane's birthday or June's birthday? Either way, Jane's birthday, June's birthday. We ought to have have a lot of fun, right? Um, Play Gratitude by Brandon Lake. You know what? I'm going to start taking. I'm going to start taking requests. For songs. So hold on. Let me write that down. Okay. Play Gratitude by Brandon Lake. Let me write that down. Gratitude. Brandon Lake. I'm going to start taking requests. Because you guys have a lot of uh, a lot of great music that you listen to as well. And uh, as long as it's Christian. As long as it's Bible-based, right? Uh, Cher says, love waking up and praying with you in the morning. Well, thank you very much. I'm still over here battling the flu, said Cindy Lou Who. 
Um, well, we, we'll pray for you to, uh, to overcome that because nothing is worse than being down and out from the flu. Folks, we are approaching 900 people. For all those engaged, thank you. For all those who donate, thank you. You understand the importance of finances and how much it costs to do what we're trying to do. So why do my replies show up twice, J-Dog? Because you're impatient. Because it's a combination of you being impatient and Rumble uh, still becoming a good platform. Just click it once and wait. And if we're talking about rise up, then we need to talk about patience at the same time. It's just that you're double doing it because it's not going that quickly. I guarantee if you click it once and wait, give it a few seconds and it'll go. Okay, here we go. We're going to read from our very first book, which is One Minute Prayer for Dads. Thank you very much, 1869 Rifleman. He said, today is Anna's mother's birthday. She is 80 years old in the Philippines. Well, happy birthday to Anna's mother, 80 years old. Uh, one minute prayer for dads. We read from this because most of us are or were parents. And some of us now are grandparents, not me, but some of you. So this book really applies to anybody in, authoritarian, in, a, in an authoritative role uh, of raising somebody else. And, and guys, I, I think you guys know that even when your children get 18, they still need, become 18, they still need you. They still need you. So we're going to talk about this today. Complete joy. And we're going to go to the book of John. First John, actually. First John 1, 4 says, We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Now, the title of today's show is Congrats, You Won the Lottery. Congrats, You Won the the lottery. If fatherhood isn't a joy, then something is wrong. And I think you could say if parenthood isn't a joy, then something is wrong. Jeremy, I click once and mine always appears twice. Oh, okay. So it's not just that. Well, that's what happens when I was doing it. So I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, If the lack of joy is due to temporary adversity, it will eventually pass. But if the joy has long been absent, then it's time to get proactive in finding renewed joy. If the matter is spiritual, ask God for times of refreshing. How many times does something not load and you refresh it on your computer, right? Everything that is at a micro level is also at a macro level, folks, when it comes to God. So anything that's done in your home, God says in the Lord's Prayer, do on earth as you do in heaven. Do on earth as you do in heaven. So everything at a micro level is also at a macro level with God. And he says, if the matter is spiritual, ask God for times of refreshing. If your job is robbing you of joy, you may have to consider a change, even if you take a cut in salary. That's what happened with me. Folks, I was making six figures at my job before doing LFA, Live from America, which went from one show to now nine shows every day. I was making a lot more money personally then than I am now, but I was not happy. I was not happy. I can remember, and my wife will attest to this, and I'm sure Eli has heard me say this. I can remember 
sitting at my job, which most people would have died to have, would have killed to have, not literally, but you know what I mean. Six-figure job, come and go as I please, vacation out the, out the wazoo, didn't have to even work eight full hours a day to make that money because I was good at my job. And I traded that because I wasn't happy for something that I'm working a lot more hours, making a lot less money, but I'm a lot more happy. I have a lot more stress today than I did then as far as work stress goes, but I'm able to give it over to God now, and I wasn't able to do that back then. And again, my wife and my friends will attest, I sat there, and I've told this story millions of times, I remember standing in my job, looking out the window, thinking to myself, what am I doing? I was making the money, but I wasn't happy. And I wasn't happy not because the job was terrible or I wasn't making money. I wasn't happy because I felt like I was meant for something far greater. Now, I know that seems selfish, and I know that seems prideful, and I know that seems conceited, but it wasn't. Because if far greater was prideful, conceited, or, or whatever, then it would have been about the money. It would have been about the, the how much time I'm trading for that money. It wasn't about that. It was something that I couldn't explain. I wasn't really a Christian yet. I mean, I was, but I wasn't like I am now. And I knew that something out there was God. That was God saying, come, come to the table. Like the song we played this morning. I even made a shirt that ended up saying money can buy happiness, but only Jesus can give you joy. Amber says money doesn't buy happiness. It does actually. It doesn't buy joy. Money can buy happiness all day long. I can be happy going and buying a brand new car. I can be happy going on the best vacation of all time that money can buy. I can be happy staying at the best hotels. Murderers can be happy when they murder people. Money does buy happiness. That's a, that's a false uh, statement that you've heard growing up. Money doesn't buy happiness. Yes, it can, but it doesn't buy joy. Joy is a free gift that you can only get from God. And happiness is temporary. Joy is eternal. Happiness is finite. Joy is infinite. We're told a lot of lies in our lives, folks. Things that we say every day that we don't even realize are wrong or lies. Like money doesn't buy happiness. It sure does. But happiness is temporary. Joy, salvation, peace. Those things are eternal. And those things are forever not temporary. And you can't buy them. So I remember sitting there going, why am I here? I meant for so much more. I didn't know what it was. I know what it is now. I know what it is now. It's to be a megaphone for the Bible. It is to be a megaphone for truth. It is to show people that I am a flawed, sinning person just like you. But here's who I was and here's who I am. You can do it too. That's what I'm here for. I know this now. Majorva says, well, I thank you, Jeremy, for LFA. You brought a family together in God. I don't know how grateful we all are. I don't know if you know how grateful we are. I know. I do. I do. Money brings pain more than happiness. Yes, it does, actually. You are right. More money, more problems, right? 
You weren't doing what God had for you. So not fulfilled, says Annette. Annette, you are 100% correct. I was being who the world wanted me to be. I wasn't being who God wanted me to be. And when I fought becoming a Christian, I thought it was because if I was to go along the road of a Christian, then I had to lose everything that made me who I am. And I loved myself so much. I was so afraid to give it up. But what I didn't realize is I loved the bad part of myself, not the good part of myself. God took the good part of me and made it better. And God took the bad part of me and made it less. Not gone. I don't think it'll ever be gone. If it is, I wouldn't need Jesus. I mean, if it could be, I wouldn't need Jesus, right? Truly amazing. If there's a conflict between you and your wife, the kids will pick up on this. If the conflict isn't easily resolved, go for counseling. There's no shame in getting help, is there? Do we not need Jesus? Do we not ask God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit for help every day? Why is it so hard for us? Can't even get through the first book. (laughs) Why is it so hard for us to ask for help? Why? Do you know how many people email me and say, I've never done this before and it's incredibly hard, but I'm suffering financially and I can't even do anything and it, and it pains me to do this, but I am humbling myself enough to ask for help. Why is that so hard? I'll tell you why it's hard. Because it's conviction. That's why. It's God telling you, you can't do it alone. Humbling yourself is a good thing. Asking for help is a good thing. People are not mind readers. They don't know that you need help. You must ask for it. Unfortunately, in today's world, nobody wants to ask for anything. Everybody just expects. It's not the way it works. I want you to continue to keep in mind what I titled today's show. Congratulations, you won the lottery. A good licensed Christian counselor is one of God's tools to get us back on track to renew our joy. Jeremy, I feel a lot of men do not want counseling. They feel it makes them not as strong, says Majogo. You're right. You're right. I'm one of them. I was one of those men for a long, 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 long time. And to be honest with you, in some way, shape, or form, I still am. I know that 90% of the counselors out there do not give a crap about you. And literally, they are a reactive counselor, not a proactive counselor. 90% of them do not care about stopping the problem. If you stop the problem, they don't get paid. They don't have a job. Best counselor you can go to is God. If you you can't or don't want to or cannot accept the counsel that God gives you or don't know how to receive it yet, and you do need a counselor, then find a Christian counselor. Find a counselor that is going to get you back to where you need to be so that you don't need them. You need only God. 
Counselors should be temporary, not forever. And the problem with psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors, 90% of them, they don't care about you. They care about your money. Those are the people that I have a problem with. And I think if most men understood what I understand now about counselors, they wouldn't have such a hardened heart towards asking for help. They would just know where to ask for it from. And who cares about the ones that they're not getting it from? They're not in the equation. I've never asked for help, just direction. I guess that's a good thing to say. But aren't you getting help with direction? You're literally just changing the word. If you ask somebody for directions, then you're asking them for their help. Don't be afraid to say the word help. Help is a good thing. God is a good helper. Jesus was a great helper. The Holy Spirit is an amazing helper. Hamburger helper is awesome. Look at me. <laughs> Eagle Fight says, my gay counselor told my husband, told my husband, told me my husband was the problem. I no longer go. There you go. Sin is the problem. Laziness is the problem. Unwillingness is the problem. Not a person. Amber says they charge $300 for 15. I know for a fact. There you go. There you go. Here's the, uh, here's the prayer. Lord, my kids are a great source of joy. You are my true source of joy. Your joy motivates me to do well in all my pursuits, including fatherhood. When adverse situations rob me of joy, please remind me that you never change. And thus my access to joy never changes. The locks are never changed, folks. The locks are never changed. Your key will always work. Annette, very good point. You should be able to get counseling from your pastor at church and your elders who have experience in relationships. Yes. My oldest son needs counseling. And before my wife and I became Christian, he got counseling from the people that don't care. Now he gets counseling from our pastor, whom you've met on this show. Changes everything. Seek God counseling, God's counseling, whether it be through men or through God. Don't seek men's counseling, I'm telling you. At such times, I need to take my eyes off the joy-robbing situations and look again to you. Thank you for ceaseless joy. Father, I need it today. That's asking for help. Again, asking for help is not bad, folks. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Can you imagine? Let me ask you this. We sent out $75,000 of your money, of my money, of my wife's money, of Eli's money, people that donate their hard-earned money. We gave $75,000 away last year, 2022, to people that watch this show, to watch this network, people that needed help getting their roof fixed, leaky basement, uh, busted boiler, car broke down, whatever, medical bills, whatever it was. Can you imagine had those people not asked, who would they have gotten the help from? Who would have fixed their roof when they have nobody? Who would have fixed their car when they have nobody? And the people they do have, have no money. Do you know what these people did? They didn't pray 
that I fixed their situation. They didn't pray that Kathy Cappy or Cindy Lou Who fixed their situation. They prayed to God to fix their situation. God used you and God used me to help those people because they asked. Had they never been humbled enough to pray and ask, they would have never received the help. Some of those people would still have leaky basements that would destroy the rest of their house from water da- or leaky roofs that would destroy the rest of their house from water ba- uh, damage. Some of those people would still not be driving their car and relying on other people. Can you imagine no peace of mind, no joy? Those people got $75,000 from all of us collectively throughout the year for help that they needed because they asked and prayed. God answered their prayers. I didn't. Look at that. I want to pull that up. Frack man, right there. I was one of those to ask for help last year. My mom passed back in September. I remember that. I remember that. And I hope you're doing well. Forgiven says, find a church that is a family. If you don't feel like part of a holy family, you're in the wrong place. Folks, don't we have that here? That's what I love about this. You are correct. Do you feel like the LFA people, the people that watch Live from America and the other shows that are here? I know a lot of you don't like those other shows because they swear and because they use foul language. So did I. So did I. But do you feel like this is a family? I do. I feel like we are a tight-knit family, unlike anything I've ever experienced before. Even more than church. We are closer than I am with some of the people at my own church. That's how much of a family I feel that we are. So I get a lot of emails. I will never watch Isabella Riley ever again. I will never watch Anna Perez ever again. I will never watch Mike Crispy ever again because they can't stop swearing. They used the Lord's name in vain. Let me ask you this. If your child messes up or your husband or your wife messes up and they do something wrong, do you disown them? Do you tell them you're never going to talk to them or never help them again? No, you don't. God brought Isabella Riley to Live from America. God brought Mike Crispy, Anna Perez, Sean Farish, Kevin Smith, Man in America, Seth Olshouse, and everybody else to LFA TV. I didn't go seek these people. I didn't even know who they were. I knew who Anna was. I didn't even know who they were. God brought them to me like he brought this to me. They need you. They need me. You see? Jesus did not, uh, Jesus said that doctors don't go and fix healthy people. They go and they fix sick people. Now, I'm not saying, I don't want to sit here and say, Anna's sick, Mike's sick. I make mistakes too. That means I'm sick too. We're all sick. We're all felons in the eyes of God. They need you. I know you don't like hearing the swear words that come out of their mouths every once in a while, but they're a part of our family. And this family, like I said, is so tight. All we have to do is help each other grow. 
Sometimes I spill a word. I feel bad and apologize. So do I. So do I. And do you know that these, I want to tell you something about these guys. I, I wanted to talk about this and I just figured that this is, this is a good place to talk about it. Do you know that we have a, we have a, uh, we have an encrypted group chat, the LFA family members. We have an encrypted group chat that cannot be hacked. Well, I guess I can't say that, but you get what I'm saying, right? And we talk every day, all day. We are a close family. Trust me. And there's swears that get dropped in that group chat. I'm not going to lie. But do you know that every single time now that Anna or Mike or Isabella says something on a show that, they, that, they, that, that bothers some people, do you know that they apologize to me? Do you know that in, that sh- in the chat they say, I'm sorry, I'm trying. That right there is music to my ears. That right there is music to my ears because I'll guarantee you, I'll guarantee you two years ago, they didn't even try. A year ago, they may not have even tried. But to say, I, I, I know, I know, I'm sorry. I'm trying, I'm getting better. That to me warms my heart. And they are good, wonderful Christian people. They're just in a different stage of their Christianity than you and I were, than you and I are, I should say. I remember my... Uh, First two years of being a Christian. (laughs) I will never watch them again. All right. You don't have to announce your departure. Just go. If you are not here to help them in the things that you know they need help and you, I will never watch them again, then, then, then that sucks for you because they have good things to, to bring to the table. They're coming to the table because they want to be set free. Remember that folks. Remember that. Day 19, here in the Bible promise book, morning and evening. Day 19. Proverbs 15, 19. The path of lazy people is overgrown with briars. The diligent walk down a smooth road. Well, that's true. But it is a very narrow road, isn't it? Jeremy, don't pick your nose. Sorry, had an itch. It is a narrow road, isn't it? It's a very, very narrow road, and it's extremely, and it's extremely hard to walk because it's so narrow. Does anybody, does anybody remember um, gym class and the balance beam? Because I remember, I don't think they do it anymore in school, but does everybody remember the balance beam? It was like this wide. It was like wide enough for one foot. Both feet could not be on it side by side. It had to be one foot in front of the other right? Think of yourself like this. Think of the, think of the narrow path like this, like a balance beam. You remember gym class. You remember dipping down one foot and putting it in front of the other, dipping down the other foot, and putting it in front of the other, staying on that balance beam until the end when you jumped off, right? That's what the narrow path is like. It might be smooth, It might not have any briars. It might not have any pricker bushes. It might be smooth sailing, but it's this wide and you're going to fall off every day. You're going to fall off every single day. That's the narrow path. So don't expect it. Expect it to be smooth. Yes. Expect it to have nothing stopping your path, your, 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 uh, your movement from point A to point B. But you'll fall off of it. 
Question is, can you get back on? Now, if you remember the balance beam in gymnastics class, then you'll remember if you fell off, your gym teacher would say, get back on right where you fell off. Don't go to the end and get back in line. No, no, you got to jump back up there and you got to finish. Remember? Just like that. Proverbs 13.4 says this. No matter how much you want, laziness won't help a bit. But hard work will reward you with more than enough. Sabrina, are you here? Eli, is Sabrina here? No? I'm going to make sure I... <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to make sure we get, tell that to our son, our laziest son, who has zero drive whatsoever and he's about to be an adult. Uh, good, but a good kid and a good Christian boy. Just super lazy. The Bible gives us a simple solution to conquer the sin of sloth. Namely, God admonishes us to do our best in whatever task we undertake. Did anybody ever remember that old saying, if you're going to be a janitor, be the best janitor you can be. If you're going to be a mechanic, be the best mechanic you can be. If you're going to be a, uh, a salesman, be the best salesman you can be. Well, that's what that's saying right there. To do our best at whatever task we undertake, no matter how large or maniacal the job. As we give our best, God returns the gesture. Get in what you put out. You've heard that saying too. Folks, all these sayings that we say in life, they came from God. They came from the Bible. The word was with God and the word was God. The word was there in the beginning before anything. It's crazy. He blesses us with a centered life and a more meaningful, productive existence. Dear Jesus, please forgive me for the times that I've been lazy. We know what laziness is like, right guys? Empower and remind me to give my best in everything I do, just as you give me your best. Amen. Folks, I don't even get a chance to be lazy. I would love to be lazy today. I'd love to be lazy on the weekends. I can't. I don't get the luxury of sitting down in front of the TV, kicking my feet up and watching TV. That's not the life for Jeremy Harrell anymore. Sometimes it really stinks. Sometimes I'm like, really? I can't even kick my feet up. I get exhausted. But here's the problem. Because I left my cushy six-figure-a-year job where I didn't even have to work eight hours a day to do a job where I now work 12 to 14 hours a day every day of the week and I can't get a day off ever, (laughs) the only time that I get to spend with my children is the weekends. And when I get home at night. Now, I don't get home until almost 7 o'clock at night. I don't even get to eat dinner with my family five days a week anymore. Sitting at the supper table with my family was one of the greatest things that I, I just loved it so much. I can't do that anymore because of this. Now, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. This is amazing, and this is helping and changing so many people's lives, including my own. But my children are paying the price for this. I am paying the price for this. So, what, so, when, the week, so when, the night, when I get home at 7, I am with each one of my five children for a good 20 minutes apiece until 9 or 9.30, and then everybody goes to bed, including my wife, and I'm sitting there like this. So what do I do? I work. Don't I, Eli? I work until midnight every day. 1 a.m. I get up at 6. I do my morning newsletter. I tell all the kids, have a blessed day. Help somebody better today than you did yesterday. Make sure you say your prayers. I kiss them. I come right up here and I start getting ready for rise up. And it's the same thing every day. 
So on the weekends, when most people get to do their uh, do their uh, their their errands and their chores around the house, and then maybe in the end they get to kick up their feet and relax, I don't get to do that either. I long for the day that I can be lazy, because those are the only times that I can spend with my wife and my kids. Now this is my sacrifice. I am not telling you guys this for any reason other than to say that I'm okay with this. This is my sacrifice to God to, pre- to get out the truth, encouragement, inspiration, the gospel to so many people because so many people need it. It's okay. I love doing it. But there is a price to pay for doing it. And I pay that price. Every hour of every day. Especially having three shows a day. I wish that everybody here knew, and I didn't know either, by the way, until you guys paid me to do this. Okay? I didn't know that. I didn't know this either. But I wish you guys actually knew what this business took out of you. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot when you do one show. Imagine doing three. <laughs> I don't even. I, the only way I can explain it is that I'm doing is God's giving me the energy. I'm almost like Joe Biden. I'm just a meat puppet for God. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm on autopilot right now. But it's okay. And you know one of the worst parts. I I, I have to say this. I, I know we got to go through these books and we're getting at the end. But do you know one of the worst parts about it? is that if I take time off, people leave the show and they don't come back. Trust me. I've been doing this for long enough now to know that every time that I miss a day or I go do something with the family or I go watch a basketball game or I go on vacation, the show takes a hit. And when the show takes a hit, the income that we need so desperately takes a hit. And we can't do that. So I'm almost like a slave. (laughs) Almost like a slave to this. But it's okay because I'm doing it for the right reasons. I am. I'm doing this for the right reasons. Um, Matthew 2.3. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Again, folks, the devil wants to destroy children before they even can even enter the world to win the lottery. We've talked about this. Milo says, Jeremy... Don't be so busy that you have a mental breakdown. It's not a good place to be. It's impossible for me to have a mental breakdown, actually. I am so in tune with Jesus and God, it is absolutely impossible for me to have a mental breakdown. I've been there, done that. I've been depressed. I've been anxiety. I've had anxiety. I've been in prison. I've been everywhere. I am happier now than I've ever been. I'm just letting you guys know what this takes to do. Herod had been ruling over Judea for nearly 43 years at the time of these events. He had the title of king conferred on him by the Roman Senate at the recommendation of Antony and Octavius. His accomplishments included the building of the temple in Jerusalem, which was one of the most magnificent structures in the world. Most people would have thought that Herod had, had it made. However, history reveals that Herod was extremely paranoid. He actually killed his wife and one of his sons because he feared that they would take the kingdom from him. 
All his power, all his fame could not buy him peace. Wow. (laughs) Oh, God, you are amazing. Have we not been talking about this for days? You can't buy joy. You can't buy peace. It's so nice when God verifies the things that I say to you. Because the last thing that I want to do, and folks, look, I pray. I'm about to cry here saying this. Uh, but I pray for you guys every night and every morning. And I, uh, I pray for your, um, I pray that since I'm not a pastor, since I have not gone through seminary and I've not studied the Bible the way that people that preach do study the Bible, I pray that I don't lead you astray all the time, all the time. I'm not as knowledgeable as your pastors are. I'm just in tune with God. I'm in tune with Jesus spiritually. So I let the Holy Spirit, I rely on the Holy Spirit to talk to you, to preach to you, because I can't. So when I see something that validates and verifies something that I've said to you days prior, touches me. All his power and all his fame could not buy peace. That the angels proclaimed his paranoia led him to kill the innocent children in Bethlehem. His insecurity was evident. He had everything, yet he had nothing. Didn't we just talk about that? Elon Musk, Bill Gates, having all the money in the world, and you're far more wealthy than they are? You're far richer than they are? Folks, that's why I titled today's show, Congratulations, You Won the Lottery. These people cannot buy what you have. Thank you, Pam. God bless you. I appreciate you. These people cannot buy what you have. In contrast, the king that Herod was trying to dispose of came humbly, not exalting himself. He gained the acclaim from others, of others, I should say, by serving them, not oppressing them, by washing their feet. The scepter of Jesus was righteousness, not tyranny. Jesus gave the ultimate sacrifice himself. He did this because of his great love for people. I had to put that book aside. (laughs) That's why people sacrifice, folks. People sacrifice because they're love for people. And by the way, I'm not emotional right now because I, because I have to sacrifice at all. Because I, have, I have tremendous love for all of you. I'm emotional because of what my kids have to sacrifice. what my wife has to sacrifice. And the craziest part about all of this is, is that my wife is the one who told me to do this. My wife is the one that told me 
Knowing what we would sacrifice. Knowing what she and the kids would sacrifice. My wife is the one who told me to do this. My wife is the one who gave me the encouragement that I needed and the support that I needed to leave that job and come and do this. Knowing we were going to make less money, knowing that she was never going to see me, knowing that I was never going to see her, First Thessalonians 4.14 With the Lord. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Now before we read this, I want to go to the rumble chat here, folks. Wives are strong. Great woman. Amen. Holy Spirit, comfort Jeremy. Oh, he does. He does. Thank you very much. Patty, God bless you. Thank you very much for that. It, it, it warms my heart when I see you guys spending your hard-earned money, money you guys don't have for us. It's truly amazing. She felt the calling too. Oh, yes, she did. She's a strong Christian woman. Well, there you go. Sundog says, a strong Christian woman is a huge blessing. God called women to help. Yes, they did. He did. He sure did. Thank you, Patty. God bless you. Majogo said, Sabrina is a good supportive wife. She's so much more than that. But yes, you're right. She's so much more than that, but you are 100% correct. Jeremy, can we plan a type of uh, a getaway and meet everyone in person like a renewal? Well, funny you should say that because we are talking about doing something like that here on LFA TV. You know how TP, uh, TPUSA does their events, CPAC does their events, it's all about politics, this, that, and the other. I wanna have an event that's not driven towards anything but to give love to God and to see everybody, meet everybody, hug everybody. A big family reunion, an LFA family reunion in the name of God. That's what we're talking about. That's gonna be a massive and very expensive, very expensive ordeal, so you know, Maybe if our donors, all our donors come back and, uh, and when we add that with our sponsors, maybe we could do something like that. We do a lot with a little here on LFA TV. You could bet that. Everyone wants to know what heaven will look like. And we've read this before, but I want to read this again. These books that claim to provide firsthand accounts of the afterlife have encouraged many, but I'll limit my words to, a, uh, to what we find in Scripture. First Thessalonians 4.14, and you'll discover that one thing scripture says about heaven is that there is, that it's where we are with the Lord. This is enough because the presence of the Lord is what makes heaven heaven. So you guys, you have all these questions about what heaven looks like, right? Is it, is it clouds? Is it angels? Is it harps? What, what does it look like? We don't have to think about that. We don't have to think about that. All we have to think about is that we are with Jesus. Jesus is the representation of heaven. If you're with Jesus, you're in heaven. You're in heaven right here, right now, if you're with Jesus. In, on earth as it is in heaven. That's what that means. You can be in heaven right now. Body and spirit. You can be in heaven right now. 
And you know what? Somebody made a great, great suggestion in the chat. We should do it at the Ark in Kentucky. Yes, we should. You want to know why? Because I have a personal relationship with Mr. Ken Ham. And I have a personal relationship with all the people that work there. And we would get VIP treatment in the way of love. Not given things, but in the way of love. We should do it at the Ark. Who's up for that? Raise your hand in the comment thread. If you are up for planning, it might take a year of planning. It may be next year that this happens because it's going to be very expensive for everybody. But if you are up for a revival of LFA at the, uh, the Ark Encounter in Kentucky, then let me know in the comment section. Let's, let's blow this engagement through the roof here. Here we go. I'm ready. Let's see what you guys have to say. Shelly, I would love to meet all of you. Or rent a tent for a revival and go on someone's property. That would be amazing. That's on my bucket list. Yes, great idea. That would be awesome. Race mom raises her hand. Barb Naylor raises her hand. Liberty girl raises her hand. One American patriot. Everybody count me in. I'm coming. Absolutely. I have been to the Ark. Such a great place to visit. How far is Kentucky from Pennsylvania? Well, probably about, I don't know, six, 700 miles. Probably, I don't know. I will uh, help plan if need. Let's do it. Yes, the Ark. I'm in. Cool idea. I love that idea. Folks, this is going to take tremendous planning. And this is something that I'm going to have to rely on some of you who do this stuff, who plan, who can keep things organized to help. We'll get there. We'll do it. And it will be the greatest thing that we've ever been a part of. Somebody said, I hope I look better in heaven. Yeah. Well, that's saying that God made a mistake when he made you. Now, don't say that. Don't say that. I think that's what we're going to do. I think that's what we're going to do. Look, I can only read from one more book uh, before I get to the verse of the day because we got to go. So I'm going to choose to read from Every Day with Jesus because I love this book so very much. Every Day with Jesus, January 19th. Here we go, folks. The True prosperity isn't selfish. True prosperity isn't selfish. 2 Corinthians 9.8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Do you think Jesus was selfish in any way? (laughs) No. And yet, if you really study the Gospels, it is obvious Jesus never wanted for anything. Furthermore, he had so much money that he had to have a treasurer. Yet most Christians oppose financial prosperity because they equate it with greed. No doubt many Christians err in this regard. But it is the love of money that is the root of all evil, not money itself. We've talked about this, folks. It is the love. True, true prosperity. Let me bring up the uh, Rumble chat while we're reading this because you guys, uh, you guys have a lot to say. True prosperity. As the Bible teaches and as Jesus practiced, it is not selfish or greedy. Jesus had a lot because he gave away a lot. As this verse says, the Lord prospers us so we can have enough to give to every good work. Those who are unable to give to everything they would like haven't reached the level of prosperity that God has provided for them. It's called tithing, folks. It's what we do with our churches. Another verse that makes this point is in Ephesians 4.28, which says, Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may have in order to give to him who needeth. God prospers you 
so you can bless others. When you understand the biblical concept of prosperity, it isn't selfish at all. You want to prosper so you can be a blessing to others. Folks, how much money does your church need every week to stay afloat? It tells you. I'm sure on your, uh, when you walk in and you get that, you get that, uh, that little itinerary of what's going to happen in church that day, uh, that it tells you on there their, your weekly, their weekly need and how much has been given and your weekly average. It should tell you on there, if you have missions from your church, how much your missionaries need and what your weekly average is. Where do you think that money comes from? It comes from us giving it to them because God blesses us so we bless others. If God gives you a dollar, you better give 20 cents away. If God gives you $10, you better give 2 or $3 away. If God gives you $100, you better give 20 or 30 of it away. That, that is what God wants you to do with the money he gives to you. Believers who say, I have enough and would never ask God for any more reveal that they think prosperity is just fine for them. And with that attitude, it would be selfish to believe for more money. Congrats, you won the lottery. Speaking of money, let's go to the verse of the day, folks. And then we will cut the show off because Sean Farish is coming up next. Verses of the day, Romans 8, 31 through 37. What, I want you to listen very closely to this, okay? Listen very closely. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? He gave us the most important thing. Why wouldn't he give us anything else? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us right now? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger of the sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things, We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. There it is, folks. There it is. God's given you so much just by letting, just by allowing his son to die. Don't think that he won't answer your prayers and give you other things uh, as well. All right, folks, I'm going to take you out the same way I brought you in with some good Christian music. I love each and every one of you. Thank you for being here. Sean Farish and Unafraid, or Ungoverned, excuse me, comes up next. You're not going to be able to, uh, you're not going to want to miss it. Again, followed by Live from America. I hope to see you there. God bless. Have a great morning. Peace out. Oh, the shape that we were in. And just when all hope seemed lost. 